and welcome to KeeperCast, the Keeper of the Lost Cities podcast. I'm Sammy. And I'm Clawney. And this is episode 49. Today we'll be talking about chapters 76 through 91 of Nightfall. And so this is also the last episode of Nightfall. We finished the book. Woo! Woo! This was, this was a long one. I, yeah. I really felt the length. Mm-hmm. A lot happens here. Yeah, yeah, a lot happens. <laughs> They've, like, just arrived in Atlantis. Um, that's, like, the, the group plus Morella and plus various adults who sort of tag along. Remember adults? Those used to be a thing in Keeper of the Lost Cities. Right, yeah. <laughs> they've, um, they've just entered Vespera's Nightfall facility underneath Atlantis, so that is where they are at. Yeah, this is... And so it begins... And so it begins. Yeah, this section was, um, I mean, I was gonna say it was really wild, but, like, this was the end of the book as well, so, like, I guess that's expected. (laughs) Yeah, it was sort of the big, the big showdown. They're in the Nightfall facility. They, um, they find, they do find Sophie's parents, um, imprisoned in the facility. They're guarded by a Gorgodon, which is, like, one of the, um, one of Lady Gisela's genetically modified animal things. The things that, yeah. I don't remember exactly what animals it was made from, but... Yeah, there's there's a bunch of things in there. She, she just sort of, like... Various scary things. I don't remember. I don't remember what the recipe was. So, um, yeah, they're trying to, like, figure out how to get Sophie's parents out of there and how to, like, avoid the Gorgodon. Um, and then Vespera shows up, and we finally get to see the villain of this book. Vespera is such a cool villain. She is such a cool villain. And I love how she really has, like, the dramatic entrances nailed down. She's very good at them. Yeah, she's sort of got that whole thing. Like, say what you want about the villains in Keeper of the Lost Cities. They got the drama factor. Like, I just, I really loved Vespera's entrance here, where basically, like, she shows up, and then they try to attack her, and then they realize she's a mirror, and then so, like, versions of herself start popping up in mirrors all over. It was just really cool to me. This is one of those points where I'm just sort of sitting there reading, like, where the first time I read I was just sort of sitting there reading, like, is there any way they can get out of this? I'm starting to feel that way, like, over the course of the whole book. Like, <laughs> is there? Are they all going to be dead by the end of the book? Uh, they probably won't. It's a children's book, but, you know. But, yeah, no, now we've got, like, adults straight up trying to murder these characters. Like, there's no more just, like, whatever the conflict in book one was like, oh, no, we're going to get kidnapped. Now it's like, oh, no, we're going to get eaten by a Gorgodon. Yeah, you know, I feel like they never seem to, like, they're adults. They should find better hobbies than trying to murder children. Yes. <laughs> It's kind of a sucky hobby. It's a bit unfair. Also, not a legal hobby. Yeah, maybe find a hobby that's, um, you know, a bit more legal. Just any homicide-free hobby is probably better. I, yeah, I agree. No homicide, no arson, no kidnapping. Not even a little bit of arson, though, like, as a treat. (laughs) Alright, they can have a little bit of arson. Sophie got to do arson. True, Sophie did get to do arson. Not in this chapter, though. Yeah, that was an unlocked. There was no arson. 
Sadly enough, Sophie did not get to do arson in Nightfall. I think she should be allowed to do arson just whenever she wants to. <laughs> like, Sophie has pretty much gained her arson rights. Sophie's arson rights? I love that. Sophie has had people do arson at her enough times. <laughs> yes, she should get to do it back at them. Yeah. Just make her a pyrokinetic. That would be cool if, like, she had one last ability and it was pyrokinesis. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Forkle said that he was not going to trigger that. But, like, can he, though? Can he just, like, mess with her genes even though she's already alive and be like, here, have some pyrokinesis. I feel like if there's even, like, a little bit of pyrokinesis in her genes somewhere, Sophie's going to find some way to, like, activate it herself. Yeah. She might even do it by accident. Who knows? Yeah, that sounds like Sophie. She's just like, oh, I wonder what this elixir tastes like. And then suddenly... She can shoot fire out of her hands. Plot twist. That's actually what happens to her when, instead of dying, that's actually what happens to her when she takes Limbium, is that she turns into... I'm looking for... Pyrokinetic. It took me several tries. I went through Arsonist and Firebender, and I'm like, neither of those are right. I landed on Pyrokinetic. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, Pyrokinetics are pretty much Firebenders. Okay. Pyrokinetic, that is the word we were looking for. My brain is just not doing it. <laughs> so where were we? After Vespera's entrance, right. Um, yeah, so she and Sophie are talking a bit. And um, I thought this was interesting because like, Vespera is basically saying that Sophie has her priorities all wrong because like she prioritized saving her family over saving herself like i think the quote was like you you'll endanger many to spare the few sometimes i just want to be like she's a child yeah this is a child should you really be asking a child to be making these decisions i don't think so yeah like she's what 14 15 she's too young to have like all of this on her shoulders yeah and like what i find really scary about vespera is that, like, she's saying all these terrible things about, like, how you have to be ruthless and, like, not care about other people, and she thinks it's, like, completely logical. She thinks it makes sense. Yeah, it's so messed up. She's so messed up, which is why she's such an interesting villain. And then Fintan shows up. So Fintan brings the Never Seen to join them, and then so they're all kind of there and ready to... I don't... I can't word today. They're ready to, like... Fight, I guess. For whatever reason, the only phrase that's coming into my mind is single and ready to mingle, which is completely wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, I know there's like a phrase for for this, but that's the only one I can think of. Okay, the never seen are not single and ready to mingle. They're they're single and ready to arson and murder. Murder. Are the never seen single though? Like, is anyone <laughs> like? Is there dating in the Never Seen? I mean, Olvar does have his three girlfriends, right? Yeah. But are they, like, all in the Never Seen? God, that's so funny. I wonder, like, I don't know. I was thinking of, like, I was just thinking of, like, a day in the life of a Never Seen member. Yeah, Shannon should write that short story. Just, like, yeah. yeah. There's, there's been short stories from, like, Fitz and Keith and Tam's perspective. We should have one from, like, the perspective of some Never Seen member. Just going about their ordinary day. Yeah, not even one that's like 
Not even one this name, just some random background never seen person who's like I, I don't know if the never seen would have like interns, but somebody like that who's just sort of watching all this crazy stuff happen from the sidelines. Yeah. It's like, so yeah, I woke up, had some breakfast, went to hang out with the evil rebel organization, then I went on a run and then you know <laughs> The Never Seen as vloggers. Yeah. I would watch I would watch the Never Seen vlogs. They're like and today we're going to do a tutorial on how to do efficient arson. Sophie secretly watches Never Seen Vlogs. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how she did the thing in Unlocked. So in Nightfall, after the Never Seen show up, Vespera kind of goes on another spiel about similar things. Where she's like, Sophie could either save her parents, but give up her friends... Or save herself, but give up her parents. So, like, she's like, make choices, Sophie. And they're all bad choices. So Sophie's like, okay, I'm going to take a third option and not do any of those things because I'm not evil. Yeah. Hey, let's not commit murder. Woo! Oh, Grady goes, like, all out on Fenton. Was that this part? Oh, yeah, that was... Dare I say, that was actually kind of savage. Yeah, he's, like, a badass. He just, like, makes Fenton, like, punch himself in the face and the stomach over and over again. I'm like, dude! <laughs> Seriously. Like, I know that's, like, in in the book, it's meant to, like, it's it's not meant to be a good thing that he does that. But be still, scary, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that's rather cool of you. Yeah, that that is sure a thing that he does. Uh, Bianna, Bianna's not doing so hot. <laughs> Yeah, Bianna is not doing great. So she, like, attacks Vespera, and then they fight, and yeah, she ends up very badly injured. We love injuring children. Yeah, so that, that that's bad. Yeah, that's not great. I feel like that's, aside from Sophie, obviously, that's the closest to death any of the characters have come so far. Tie between her and Fitz getting stabbed. Oh, right, I forgot about Fitz getting stabbed. Maybe it's just like the Vacker thing. <laughs> the Vackers just get near-death experiences. Yeah. Hey, Alvar's almost dead. Has uh, Alden had the mind break? Has anything happened? Maybe it's just Alden's side of the family. Yeah, maybe, because Della's been fine so far. Yeah. To be fair, Della could, like, take on the Neverseen on her own and probably win. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's just like that. I think they should just have all of, like, the moms go and take on the Never Seen, because they would win. Yes, that would be so good. Like, Della and Julian and Edelyn. Yeah. Does anyone else have moms? Well, Keith does, but she's the wrong mom. Oh, well, she doesn't count. And then Tam and Lynn do, but she also is not great, so we're not counting her. Does Orly count as a mom? Ooh. You know, why not? Yeah. We're counting orally. Um, I'm trying to think of any other... I guess Morella does, but I don't know what her ability is. Or, like, anything about her. And I guess, so Livy isn't technically a mom, but she has mom energy. And she did take care of Amy. Yeah, Livy does have mom Yeah, Livy gets mom rights. We got so sidetracked talking about who is and isn't a mom. Yeah, so, um, 
going back to the book, I suppose. So yeah, Bianca is not doing great. Sophie has to, again, make a choice as to whether to just, like, escape and leave Bianca behind or to go back and save her, but, like, put everybody else in danger. And obviously she chooses the second one. Oh, this is slightly unrelated, but there there was a part where um, Gisela and Vespera were talking about Grady, and Gisela said, he's the most ruthless elf I've ever met. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, I kind of want to go into that more. Yeah, that's an interesting um, assessment of Grady, especially because Giselle and Vesper were like, oh, you know, it, we wish that, like, he had come to the Never Seen side instead of the other side. Yeah, and I was thinking about that, about how she was saying that, like, if she, like, if she gave him time, maybe he would, because she could, like, find his weakness. And I'm thinking that's that's an interesting take, given that your main goal is murdering his daughter, and you kind of already kind of already did that once. Yeah, I mean, like Grady might be able to be ruthless, but like I can't imagine a situation in which he would join the people who killed one of his daughters and are currently trying to kill the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that would be kind of I feel like I feel like his weakness if you looked hard enough would probably be his family. It seems like a bad weakness if you're trying to get him to kill his family. Yeah, like the only way I'd see him joining the Never Seen would be like if if Sophie or Edeline was in danger and then they were like the only way to keep them safe is to join us. I'm not sure what the logic behind that would be, but yeah. Like what Tam did. Right. Because they said that, like, they would hurt Lin if he didn't join. I can't think of a single one of the Never Seen's plans that could be amended into a way that's like, let's not hurt Sophie! Right, their kind of whole goal right now is to get rid of Sophie. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure how... Having Grady with them could help them if they couldn't hurt Sophie. Yeah. (laughs) So what happens next is that, turns out Gisela has, like, a supporting, like, gun. So she, like, splotches Roe with supporting, and that knocks her out and almost kills her. So that's another near-death experience in this section. Woo! We love near-death experiences. So fun. My favorite. And then finally, our favorite Lynn shows up. Lynn! We stand Lynn in this household. Yes. She is such a badass in this scene. Yeah. Lynn is awesome. I will just... Don't even get me going on Lynn. Like, I can talk about Lynn for so long. I guess some context first is that... So... Right now is when Roy um, uses his psionopath powers to blow a hole in Atlantis so it starts to flood. And then Lynn is able to hold back all of that water. And it's very cool. It's the scene on the cover. And what I love about this scene is that, like, like it's taken so long for Lynn to just finally be in control of her powers and, like, figure out how to, how to cope with them and, like, 
you know, not let the hydrokinesis consume her and all that, all the stuff she dealt with and never seen. And here's where it finally, like, all comes together and she's able to, like, actually be in control of herself and do really cool things with her power. I'm so proud of her. I love her. I just love her. I love her. I love Lynn. Yes. I love Lynn. Okay, so the it's no longer flooding Atlantis. That's good. And, oh god, now the really sad scene where they erase Sophie's parents' memories. Oh, yeah. That, that one just, like, breaks me every time. It's so sad. Yeah, so they're, like, going to, um... They get that they they get a washer, um, Damel to um, erase their parent Sophie's parents' memories, and one part that was like really sad, but it also had me a little confused, was at the very like right before Sophie's mom loses her memories, like she recognizes Sophie, like Sophie says I love you, and then she says I'll always love you too, Sophie, so like she she remembers who Sophie is. I think seeing Sophie triggered her memories to come back. That's how it worked with Amy, right? Yeah, that would. Yeah, that makes sense. But that just makes it even sadder because, like, she remembered having this life with Sophie for one second, and then it was just gone again. That hurts. That hurts, Shannon. It really did. Also unrelated, but I would like Damel to come back at some point. Yeah, he seems cool. He does seem cool. Also, like, he has a really powerful ability, so I bet that could come in handy. Yeah. And then Amy chooses to keep remembering Sophie. I really liked how there seems to be, like, a theme in this section, if not in the whole book, of, like, being able to make choices. Because, like, Vesper was all talking about, like, how the choices Sophie was making, they were all wrong, and she had to be more ruthless. But Sophie's like, no, you know, I'm going to... I'm going to do what I believe to be right. That's less being able to make choices and more being forced to make choices. Right, yeah. And then in this case with Amy, you know, they were originally just going to wipe her memories, but then Sophie was like, no, we should let Amy make her own choice about about whether she wants those memories or not. Yeah, yeah, I do think that's really interesting is how they sort of had that theme of like what choices you make how that affects, like, your life. I do hope Amy comes back. Like, I know she came back a little bit in, in, uh, don't remember which book, Legacy, I think. But I, I hope she has, like, a, a bigger role later on. Yeah. Also, because I feel like Amy would be an interesting, like, foil to the elephant world in a way that Sophie sort of used to be when she first was there. But now she's, like, less of that because she's gotten more used to it. Yeah, I agree. That was like um how Bronte I think said he said something about like Amy's memories could be useful to like bridge the gap between humans and elves, right? Yeah. And I think I would kind of I mean, I don't know how much books there are left in the series, but I think it would be interesting if that sort of became a major goal after a while. I mean, obviously the major goal is, like, get rid of the never seen. But that would also be something I'd like to see, like, more resolved at the end of the books. Yeah, like, how will the elves and humans interact from now on? Like, will will they stay, will the Lost City stay hidden 
after the series is over, will they reveal themselves to the human world? And, like, if they do that, then, like, what are the consequences? Yeah. I think that would be really interesting to explore. So are we already to the cliffhanger? Yeah, I guess we're already at the cliffhanger. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, So, yeah, Alvar. Alvar is now awake because the supporting finally wore off. He's been asleep for most of the book. He is awake, but he does not remember anything. And the last line is, who's Alvar? Because he doesn't remember. I remember that one really. Yeah, that threw me. Pissing me off when I first. Okay, also, I have one. I have one dumb, tiny thing to say, which is the fact that they were calling him that. If he couldn't remember what his actual name was, wouldn't he, like, assume that was... That's true. Well, would think he would have worked it worked out that it was normal that he didn't... That it wasn't normal that he didn't remember his name. <laughs> would think he'd be like, huh, I feel like most people remember their own names. <laughs> but, um... That's true. They're calling him Olvar the whole time, and he's like, oh, who's Olvar? Is it that guy over there? <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to, like, ruin the cliffhanger, but, like... No, that's funny. Yeah, it's like, it's not like he has, like, a backup name or something. Right. I don't know what his deal is. But, anyway, yeah, that that was the first, like, time I had to wait the full year, and that destroyed me. That absolutely destroyed me. Yeah, I feel like everybody's first cliffhanger is, like, it's a lot. Yeah. My first clip here, because I read it, like, I read Lodestar, like, six months before Nightfall came out, so I had to wait for that one, and that one was painful, and then this one I had to wait a whole year. Oof, yeah. The Lodestar cliffhanger was bad, too. Yeah. Oh, they're all, like, they're all hard to wait. Yeah. Legacy? I don't remember the names of the books. Legacy was, like, the actual cliffhanger cliffhanger wasn't that bad, but the whole thing of, like, Keith being in a coma... Yeah, that was a wait. That was also because part of, like, most of the wait was during 2020, the year from hell. (laughs) Where you had nothing better to do but to think about that cliffhanger. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Shannon orchestrated it. She's like, huh, I really want people to, like, sit back and think of this one. What if I, like, what if there was a global pandemic? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Shannon created the coronavirus. Yeah. For legal reasons, I am not accusing Shannon of making COVID. Don't don't send your lawyers after me, Shannon. I, I'm joking. Yes, we are joking. Legacy kind of had, like, two cliffhangers, though. Yeah. Like you said, like, there was the Keefe thing and the cache. The cache. That was a lot of material that we were left not knowing the answers to. Yeah, and unlocked cliffhanger was... Something. <laughs> All right. Quick on the spot question. From never seen through unlocked, which cliffhanger do you think was the worst to wait through? Oh man. Well, unlocked has not been fun so far, but I haven't like done the whole thing. Honestly, I feel like for me it might have been uh Lodestar. Because I had never, I had, like, binge-read all the books, and then I had just sort of come to that, oh, there's no more yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the never-seen cliffhanger was the worst for me, but the load, but Lodestar was the first one 
where like I had to wait the full year. So that was quite difficult as well. Excited for however many more months of waiting for the next Keeper book to come out after Unlocked. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think it's coming out in November, so we have, um, we I still have like count, nine months to go. You could you could have a whole baby before the book came out. I'm sorry, that's my immediate association whenever someone says, like, nine months. <laughs> nine months. No, I thought of that, too. <laughs> At least we'll have the non-existent movie updates to tide us over. True. <laughs> Although, like, who knows when the movie is gonna come out, because, like, I, I have no idea how, like, far along they are in writing it or anything. Yeah, no, they could be... Yeah. You can find us at KeeperCast on Tumblr and the KeeperCast on Instagram. And you can find me at Malamelting on Tumblr and Instagram, although I don't, I'm not super active on Instagram. You can find me at Clawney underscore Clue on Instagram and Sewer 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 Couch on Tumblr. This has been KeeperCast. See you next week. (laughs) 